Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're going to get right into it. What you see on your screen right now, for those of you interested or those of you who perhaps are in charge of copyright infringement strikes at Sony Europe or anywhere else, is an image from the release date trailer for The Last of Us Part Two, and from nowhere else. So don't get any funny ideas. Now on that score... I want to talk about an article that I actually gave some quotes to for Game Daily Biz just to get people up to speed if they haven't been following this story. The Last of Us Part 2 gets a release date earlier this week following substantial story leaks. And the reason that I was asked to give quotes to this particular article is because this is a potential litigation scenario. The Last of Us Part 2, which was supposed to be released originally in February, then in May, now in June had massive, massive leaks come out that clearly appear to originate from someone that had personal internal ties to developer Naughty Dog that released in-process videos and things along those lines that are admittedly the copyrighted material of Naughty Dog and Sony and various other parties that might have license rights to that intellectual property. And I was asked to give quotes on these things to say, hey, what's going to happen from here? I said, hey, while it's still a rumor, if the leak originated from a former employee, they would have had a contractual relationship as between the leaker and the company, the employee and Naughty Dog. In all likelihood, that contract would not have only have outlined that the employee has certain obligations to act in the interests of the company, but also would have included provisions detailing that the employee would have access to proprietary information and that that information was not allowed to be disclosed. Said another way, if you're an employee of a company, you aren't allowed to just leak their stuff. And if you do, that's a potential litigation problem for you. You can get sued for that kind of thing. But the people that get access to that information that the contract breacher leaked are not otherwise in a fiduciary or contractual relationship with Naughty Dog and with Sony. So what you now see proliferating around the internet are not reports, not discussions, not interactions that Sony or Naughty Dog, through the force of law, should generally have the ability to stop. Now, like with everything in virtual legality, there are nuances there that we are skipping. There are reasons that you could potentially, even as a third party, get in trouble If, for instance, you knew this employee and you encouraged them to leak the information out to you or to someone else, there are ways in which the law can still get you even without privity of contract. But that's not what we're really going to talk about here because what's happening here, as reported in a number of corners of the internet, is that Sony, or more particularly as reported by these individuals, these YouTubers and these other internet personalities, Sony of Europe acting through a go-between some party that they've given license rights to to go and issue these takedown notices, have been getting these takedown notices, have been getting copyright strikes on their videos for what they are purporting to only be discussions of the leaks. In this particular case, the one I bring up right now is, in my opinion, the cleanest, at least as reported by Jeremy Prime here, at D-Day Cobra, who runs a YouTube site called Geeks and gamers, as reported by him, he didn't use any imagery or any video clips from what was actually leaked out. And so if that is in fact the case, and we always take these things with a grain of salt because we can't, now that it's been struck, actually review these kinds of things for ourselves. If that is in fact the case, we're not even talking at this point about copyright infringement subject to fair use. We're talking about no use at all of the copyrighted material. 
And if you can't tell from the tone of my voice, that's the kind of thing where a corporate lawyer gets really, really frustrated, really angry about corporations, giant multinational corporations, especially using the force of law in a way that is not the way the law was written, not the way the law was intended, and has the disproportionate effect of stifling the legitimate freedom of speech illegally. And so when I put in my thumbnail, Sony abusing the law, as we will see, as we are going to talk about, that seems a very real possibility if this is in fact what is happening. And Geeks and Gamers and Jeremy Prime here aren't the only ones that are claiming this. We've got one from Heel versus Babyface that says, have just been struck. My last of Karen video, I will be appealing and getting lawyers involved. And you see here the reference to Karen. You see maybe Geeks and Gamers. You don't like Geeks and Gamers. The one thing I would say about all of this, whether or not you like any of the people that are involved in this, whether they are against you on the political spectrum or any other spectrum, is that regardless of that fact, regardless of whether you think Jeremy's a good guy or a bad guy or any of the other people that are facing this issue right now, that is no reason to say Sony or anybody else should be abusing the force of law. And I know on the internet, on Twitter, a lot of people struggle with this proposition that if you can use a sledgehammer, then you should use it to advance your agenda or anything else. And I'm here to say in virtual legality, as a true believer in the rule of law over the rule of mankind, that that's the wrong way to think about all of this. That whether or not you like Geeks and Gamers or this particular YouTuber or any of these other YouTubers and you believe they are acting in bad faith, that doesn't mean they are infringing on copyright. And here, Jeremy says in his video, he says it in a number of places throughout, he didn't use clips. He only discussed the leaks and what they meant to Sony and Naughty Dog and The Last of Us Part Two. And we will take it on faith for right now because there's not a real reason to disbelieve him. Part of this video says that another, I guess, sister website or YouTube channel that he runs did use screenshots of the game and he's not going to fight that particular copyright strike. Even though, as we will see, he might have a good reason to fight it. He doesn't even want to get into the gray area, but he will fight the copyright strike that was issued to him when he purports that he didn't say or he didn't use anything that was leaked. He only discussed it. Now, as we've got up on our screen here is Jeremy covering what happened. He says he's been issued one copyright strike. YouTube has informed him of this fact, has told him that he needs to go to copyright school. And if you're not familiar with YouTube, if you're not operating in this space, maybe you're not familiar with what all this means, that's a very, very, very bad thing. In YouTube world, copyright strikes, and I've pulled up the YouTube help page now for copyright strike basics, says essentially, if you get three of these things, your account along with any associated channels is subject to termination. All the videos uploaded to your account will be removed and you can't create new channels. These are the nuclear bombs of YouTube and a lot of bad actors, Sony is not at all alone in this space, have been using the power of the copyright strike, which we are going to see is closely mirrored by what is described in the Digital Millennium Copyright Act as a takedown notice. They've been using this power in order to curtail what is otherwise legitimate speech because the law right now doesn't have the proper protections, doesn't have the proper penalties to actually impose on these bad actors to make it not worth their while. And they run this up the flagpole, maybe Geeks and Gamers or Jeremy or anybody else goes through their lawyers, spends a little bit of legal money and then issues a counter notice. And then maybe we sue them 
and we put the screws to them there, or maybe we don't, and we just made their life difficult for even this short period of time, hurt their compensation levels, and made them think twice. That's the important part about even talking about this kind of stuff again. Now, certain people, like we just saw in respect of Geeks and Gamers, might take that as a challenge and start talking about it even more, but at least on the margin, some people won't be. And that's an abuse of power. That's an abuse of the legal system. And as a corporate lawyer who regularly gets accused on Twitter or in the comments to these videos of defending these corporations, primarily because I talk about what is within the rule of law and what they are allowed to do and what they aren't allowed to do. And that sometimes comes across badly to people, even though that's the law and absolutely advocate for its change. But I want to help people understand what is happening and why. As someone that gets accused of that, to have these corporations now, Sony of Europe or anybody else abusing the system so obviously is a big problem for a guy like me. I hate to see that because it really hurts the overall discussion of what's happening here. That the DMCA can be seen as doing certain good things. If you're not familiar with the DMCA, it's a kind of broad-based law that says the following for purposes of YouTube. A service provider shall not be liable for relief, for infringement of copyright by reason of storage at the direction of a user of material that resides on its system. A little bit legal easy, but what that says is YouTube isn't responsible for your infringing materials as long as it does certain things. It doesn't actually know they're infringing and YouTube is so big, it doesn't have actual knowledge of basically anything on its system at this point, is not aware of facts or circumstances which would make the infringing activity as apparent. Somebody doesn't send them an email and say, check this video out, that kind of thing. And then upon obtaining awareness actually removes the material. And the DMCA then provides for a mechanism that says exactly how, if you are the copyright holder, you can tell YouTube that you have been infringed against. To be effective under this subsection, a notification of claimed infringement needs to include a signature, identification of the work that is claimed to have been infringed, how it's infringing, uh, a number for the service provider, and most importantly, a statement that the complaining party has a good faith belief that use of the material in the manner complained of is not authorized by the copyright owner, its agent, or the law. Now, notice what is the baseline assumption of this language, and it all lives in the word use. You actually have to be talking about someone using your copyrighted material, right? And that makes intuitive sense, because what are we even talking about here if no copyright material was even used. And if you're not familiar with copyright, it's worth noting copyright does not protect facts, ideas, systems, methods of operation, or anything else that relates to the kind of underlying reality of what copyright material might otherwise be sharing. It does protect the way that copyrighted material is expressed. So if you want to make a YouTube video that just reads out the plot points as written by you of The Last of Us Part 1 and read them all out and maybe not even add any additional analysis, that's not copyright infringement, right? Now, again, in nuance, in the world of law, there are ways that it could be copyright infringement. But for the most part, having an account of something, giving a description of something that is otherwise copyrighted material, talking about the facts related to that material or the ideas that underline that material, that isn't infringement. The people that hold copyrights don't have copyright in facts. 
They don't have copyright in ideas. You can go and say, hey, Ellie used a bow in the fall, in the season of Last of Us, and Sony can't issue a copyright strike saying, hey, that was an illegal infringement on our copyright. And we all know that intuitively. But if what Jeremy at Geeks and Gamers is saying is accurate, and we don't have reason to disbelieve him here because that's a hell of a lie to put out there if he's lying about that, then if that's accurate, there isn't even use of copyrighted material. And again, if we go and we look at how Google operates within this kind of takedown structure, we can see that their copyright strike structure, which is the big nuclear bombs that can cost you your account, is a DMCA takedown notice. Give us your contact information, a description of your work, what video you're talking about. The statement that I have a good faith belief that the use of the material in the manner complained of is not authorized. What use are you even talking about, Sony? And let me add to this, right? Because one of the things you might be saying is, okay, well, what about fair use? In this particular instance, we aren't even talking about fair use if there isn't underlying copyrighted material. But let's pretend that Jeremy is lying and he used a screenshot or he used a clip of the movie, but he talked over it and he analyzed what was happening therein. Now, admittedly, as he even suggests, you're closer to the line there, right? As we've talked about, if we look at the Copyright Act, you as a copyright holder, if you're Sony or you're Naughty Dog, you have the exclusive right to reproduce copies of your materials, including on a YouTube video. You have the exclusive right to prepare derivative works, things based on that copyrighted material. So you might say, hey, you can't do that. And Jeremy has said that he doesn't even want to have the fight, which is entirely fair because it is gray area. But fair use is what comes in to talk about those things, notwithstanding the copyrights that Sony or Naughty Dog might have in those clips, in those screenshots. It is not an infringement of copyright to talk about those things, to use that material for purposes of criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, or research. And yes, we've got a number of videos in virtual legality that talk about how big of a gray area that is. Most specifically, our most popular video on this channel about Jukin Media and its battles with MXR Plays. I highly recommend checking that out if you are interested. But the point here is that not only is a claim of a copyright strike on a video that doesn't use any copyrighted material absolutely ridiculously abusive. But even if you are running a YouTube channel and you are using a screenshot and talking about what it means, talking over it, maybe talking about the legality of the leaks as we are doing here in virtual legality, that falls under fair use. And yes, there are a whole bunch of problems with the litigation system and the fact that this would be an affirmative defense and Sony and Naughty Dog could probably get you into court based on this alone and then you'd have to defend it and there's all sorts of problems with money and wealth distribution and all the other things that we've talked about in virtual legality. But the point is, at least in the black and white letter of the law, you should feel safe, even if that's not a fight that you want to have. And don't get me wrong, this isn't the only place that we've seen DMCA abuse, right? We've talked about these things in virtual legality a lot. We talked about it this year in which an actual content creator got a DMCA takedown notice for a live stream that was scheduled in advance before going up. And the Warner Brothers group was responsible for that abuse. We've talked in virtual legality about the NYU law school explaining how copyright works got struck 
by some music owners that were suggesting that that wasn't, even though it was entirely educational and based on talking about copyright, that wasn't an allowed use and was infringement. Now, NYU Law knew some people at YouTube. They were able to go around the horn and get that all fixed up. But not everybody has the ability to do that. I doubt very much that Geeks and Gamers has someone at YouTube that a back office channel can call up and say, yeah, can you fix this for me? Everybody else has to go through law, has to go through and try to make it difficult for the Googles of the world, for the YouTubes of the world, for the people that are going to abuse a system like this. And it's an important system, right? The real kind of problem with all of this that we're talking about is not that the DMCA itself is abusive or problematic, but that we aren't actually able to keep this abuse down, that the DMCA is a good thing. We want the YouTubes of the world. We want Steam. We want everywhere else that is collecting user content to be able to do that without worrying that they can be sued out of existence because some guy somewhere in the world puts up infringing material that results in a copyright holder suing that platform out of existence entirely. We want that. This is a good concept. And in fact, they have some good concepts about lying. Any person who knowingly materially misrepresents under this section that a material or activity is infringing or that material or activity was removed or disabled by mistake or misidentification shall be liable for any damages, including costs and attorney's fees incurred by the alleged infringer or for the service provider. YouTube could get on this if they wanted to. But as we've talked about in the past, this language is not enough, right? This language requires you not only to make a mistake, it has to be knowing. You have to deliberately do it if you're Sony. And I do think to the extent that the Geeks and Gamers story passes muster at the end of the day, that this is the kind of thing that could result in a knowing violation. If there is absolutely no copyrighted material in that video, there is no defense that Sony can lay out there. But it not only has to be knowing, it has to be material. Uh, we can get away with light lies. We can get away with white lies, maybe fibs. We can even knowingly do that and not fall under this particular ambit. And you might say, Rick, I'm not liking what I'm hearing here. What is the status of the law? Aren't there reasons to believe that you'd at least have to think about fair use? And I would say, yes, we've talked about this with respect to Lens versus Universal Music Corp, where the Ninth Circuit actually held, we hold that the statute, the DMCA, requires copyright holders to consider fair use before sending a takedown notification, and that the failure to do so raises a triable issue as to whether the copyright holder formed a subjective good faith belief that the use was not authorized by law. Now, the second half is the big problem, right? As we've talked about in the past, overall, Sony has to have made a memo that says, we believe this is copyright infringement and we have considered fair use and we have found fair use to be wanting. Our court has already decided a copyright holder need only form a subjective good faith belief that a use is not authorized though. That's where the rubber hits the road. As long as Sony isn't obviously completely batshit lying, then as long as that memo makes some modicum of sense, the court in Lens versus Universal Music Corp has said, we aren't even going to get involved. We therefore judge Universal's actions in this particular case by the subjective beliefs it formed about the video. We're not going to hold everybody everywhere to be able to figure out what fair use is, which honestly 
is probably the correct stance because fair use is an amorphous kind of crazy doctrine that you never know whether it will apply until the court actually tells you at the end of the day. We are not going to hold Universal or Sony or anyone else to that standard. So while, yes, you have to think about it, as long as you aren't completely crazy, then we are going to allow you to issue these takedowns. And then Section F of the DMCA, the section that says you're liable, never, ever comes into play. Any single corporation with any lawyer on retainer is going to be able to write that memo. And that's why you get situations like this. Now, Sony may well have stepped in it if Mr. Jeremy at D-Day Cobra of Geeks and Gamers is telling the truth here because in this particular instance, if he didn't use any materials from anywhere, this is a complete and absolute slam dunk, easy abuse case to bring against Sony. Now, probably it doesn't make lucrative sense to bring that case against Sony. It won't make Geeks and gamers' money in all likelihood. It might pay his lawyers, and lawyers love to be paid. That's why those things are written in the statute. But it's unlikely to be a big, huge payday for geeks and gamers, which is one of the things that the Sonys and the Warner Brothers and everybody else that's abusing the DMCA knows. Even if you fall outside the lens versus universal subjectivity test, even if you bring a claim before a live stream has started, even if you bring a claim against a video that doesn't use any content at all, it probably doesn't make sense to pay the lawyers to sue us. So we'll just bring it back. We'll dial it down and we'll walk away. A lot of people come into virtual legality and ask me about what I would like to see reformed. And you see it come out in a couple of videos that I do. I really do think the Copyright Act and and system and concept of it in the digital age needs to be changed, needs to be tweaked at the bare minimum. And I don't like to advocate for specific things a lot in this space. I like to tell people what's happening and why so that they can make the decisions for themselves. But here, as you can probably tell in the volume and tenor of my voice, this goes too far. If this is accurate, and we have no reason to believe that it isn't, then you've got a major corporation squashing down on a little YouTube channel, 228,000 subscribers though, a little bigger than Hogue Law, I should point out, and you have them squeezing down on this channel for no other reason than they can, and they know it will be too difficult to really, truly fight against it, that there's no money in it, there's probably no views in it, and that Sony will walk away all the better for having squashed these particular leaks for another day or two. And in my opinion, it's that kind of abuse of law that really bugs me from the corporate side. You've heard me talk about other abuses of law in this space, but that's the kind of thing that really gets under my skin because I am defending the actions of clients. I am helping my clients navigate very difficult regulatory uh, agencies and rules and laws and trying to do it to the best of their ability in good faith And to have these kinds of institutions do this kind of thing makes their life more difficult. If they're running a video service, the DMCA has to get tweaked. It just does because of the abuse you are seeing from places like Warner Brothers and Sony. And that's a shame because the DMCA is aimed at the right thing. It's aimed at protecting people that want to get more information out into the world. But it's being abused by copyright holders and that has to stop regardless of how you feel about The Last of Us. And I'm no big fan of leaks. If you go and you read this article from Game Daily Biz, you'll see, I predict there will be litigation here. 
I don't think that this is something that Sony and Naughty Dog can just turn around and ignore from whatever employee it was that leaked out all this information. I suspect they will go on the warpath. And I strongly believe that that's the right thing to do with respect to the protection of non-disclosable information within your entity. You have to protect those things. But once it is out, you can't punish people that don't have that contract with you. You can't punish people for not even using copyrighted material. And if you want to try to punish people that use a screenshot and talk over it and analyze it, I would suggest that's a problem in and of itself. But at least, at least you've got some hook to hang your hat on. Even if I think that that personally falls under fair use, you could at least say, hey, it's not fair use because of X, Y, or Z. Trade secrets before release, any other number of things that you could try to bring into play. Even though Hoag Law, I think it's fair use, maybe you could make some kind of memo under Universal versus Lens that gets you the ability to sleep at night for taking down somebody's videos somewhere. But if you really did take down things that don't involve copyrighted material at all, then I suspect I should warn Game Daily Biz that just talking about these leaks and asking me for quotes to talk about the litigation possibilities could itself fall under a DMCA takedown notice, right? We're talking about these leaks. We're talking about what they mean. We're mentioning them. We're mentioning that it is a fact that they were released. Why hasn't there been a takedown notice here? Why? Because this is a respectable periodical and Sony wouldn't dare to take down news items except that YouTubers are afforded the same protections as journalists on this score. And if they aren't infringing copyright, they shouldn't be liable for your copyright abuses. That's been virtual legality for today. Generally speaking, I'm not this angry uh, in this space, but I did want to get this message out there. I talk about these kinds of things all the time. I did a absolutely fun video yesterday talking about Universal's fight with AMC theaters and AMC telling them that they're not going to play any more Universal movies, which I identified as a hollow threat in that video, but do check it out. I've also talked a lot about YouTube and Facebook and Twitter having to deal with coronavirus and figuring out what they should be banning and allowing and not otherwise kind of interfering with, and they're having a lot of difficulty. So I highly recommend those videos as well. Otherwise, if you caught this in YouTube, thank you so much for watching. If it's your first time here, thank you so much for checking out the channel. Please like, subscribe, share it with your friends, tell everybody that we're here. If you caught it in its podcast form, thank you for listening. Please do leave a review wherever you listened to it on, and I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.